Okay, welcome to a special emergency podcast of Conduct Detrimental. Uh, this is a subject that hits very close to home for me as somebody who's followed the trajectory of legalized sports gambling going back all the way to 2012. I've, I've been on this beat for 10 years. We now have, I guess, the first of its kind alleged betting scandal in the post-PASPA era. And uh, Dan and I thought that this would be a great subject for a standalone emergency podcast. We'll call it the Evander Kane episode. I mean, PASPA or no, there were always going to be suggestions or allegations that athletes may be betting on their own games, may be betting on other games, may be passing inside information. This has the potential of being the most, I guess, infamous betting scandal since the Pete Rose you know, controversy in the early 1990s. So we're early in the game here. There's more that we don't know than what we do know. But as usual, uh, my partner in crime, Dan Lust, was one of the first on the beat to break this down last night on Twitter. So uh, Dan, what do you make of these early stage allegations? And how's your Sunday? You know, I'd say my Sunday's off to a rough start. <laughs> I was up pretty Yours got off to a rough start. I'm, I'm like bleeding right now. I got bitten by a dog an hour ago. You know what? You know, Dan, it's, well, you and I can talk, and I'm a little under the weather. You can hear my voice. But this story is so important. We should just focus really on, on the notes here. So here, here's a couple things. So, Dan, this is why it's a perfect story for you and I to cover. You're a hockey guy. You're a betting guy. I'm an Instagram guy. And I'm also on the East Coast when the story was breaking. You were sleeping over Nova Sibiris. People have to sleep. So this is kind of, you know, I guess we'll talk about the high notes and then we'll get into the actual meat of it. I, I think at a, at a very high level, people that understand what's going on right now, Vander Kane is accused of not only betting on his own games, which we've seen Pete Rose was alleged to have bet on his own team to win, right? That's what his defense always was. But it's not that. It's that he was he's accused of throwing games to win money. And the allegations come from an Instagram account, A period Kane underscore. People that know, you know, Vander Kane's wife, Dan, I, I have a, you know, I'm into this the sports wife scenes. I don't know why I am. I just, I know Vander Kane's wife is Anna Kane. You know, I didn't know that was her Instagram account, but I thought there was some legitimacy to it. I saw it early in the day on Saturday. I didn't comment on it because it wasn't verified. No one would say anything, but I was keeping a very close eye on the NHL PR account. And the second, Dan, that they announced that uh, they were launching a full investigation into the gambling allegations, I knew you and I had to be on top of the story. You and I, this is a perfect story for you and I to cover. I turned on Instagram notifications for Anna Kane account, and uh, I just watched them fly. So Dan, on my Twitter feed, and you and I both are covering this really closely at every element, there's a lot of since-deleted uh, Instagram posts, which I have you know, uh, maintained and memorialized on that thread. So I'm gonna have that pinned on my account, you can find it. But Dan, you know, on a, on a historical level, we have the Pete Rose allegations, which are similar, which we'll get into. But we also have the Black Sox allegations, right? That's an allegation where a team was accused of throwing games to win money. So this is somewhere between the Pete Rose and the Black Sox compendium. It's right. It's not the Stanley Cup that's being alleged to have been thrown, but it is the San Jose Sharks, which didn't win uh, as many games as I'm sure they'd hoped this year. So the allegation that he was throwing games, especially knowing Evander Kane's gambling history, is a little dark. So, Dan, I turn it to you. Do you want to just kind of lay out what we have here and then we'll kind of go back and forth? Sure, sure. Just a, a little background on Evander Kane. For those of us who follow hockey, uh, I, and I'm a passionate fan, he's, he's one of the premier players in the National Hockey League. He started his career as a top draft choice with the Atlanta Thrashers, played in Winnipeg, Buffalo, San Jose. I mean, he really is, you know, when, when you think about power wingers, he really is uh, uh, sort of near the, the, the top of the prototypical power winger in the in the NHL. He's a 25 to 30 goal scorer consistently, a great fighter. 
plays on the first line or first two lines and has been a stellar player in the NHL for at least the last 10 years. But he also has somewhat of a, a controversial history off the ice. And, and we'll get into this a little bit. Um, this is not the first time there's been a cloud of gambling suspicion around Evander Kane. Uh, back in 2019, he was sued in uh, Nevada State Court by the Cosmopolitan Hotel for failing to pay back roughly a half a million dollars in gambling markers, presumably to play, you know, casino table games. I don't think sports betting was involved. Of course, a casino that's licensed by the Nevada Gaming Control Board would not allow a current NHL player to bet on professional sporting events. So let's assume we're talking about casino style games within the casino. So we have that. Earlier this year, he filed for bankruptcy listing one and a half million dollars or detailing a million and a half dollars in gambling losses. And he's also a defendant in 13 separate lawsuits filed in federal court. Many of those are adversary proceedings that have kind of spun out of the bankrupt, the main bankruptcy court action. But this is somebody that has had rumors about gambling activity and significant off-ice problems. And this one would be the tip of the iceberg, but we don't know where the truth lies yet because at this point, this is simply a wife's unverified allegations being made on social media. And naturally, the NHL will need to conduct an investigation. But as I pointed out on social media a couple of hours ago, what were they waiting for? This is someone who's significantly in debt to casinos, filed for bankruptcy, has $2 million, almost $2 million in gambling debts. Why is the NHL only looking at this issue now based upon an Instagram post? Yeah, and, and Dan, I'll, I'll jump in here, right? So- it's very messy, and we should mention this is probably a good time, Dan, because we now have the website. We have so many people turned on to the story. Mike Lawson, obviously the producer of the podcast, he put out a fantastic article explaining the CBA ramifications, which we'll get into. And then Jessica Shaw, lawsuit over at New York Law School, messaged me very late last night and said, can I write an article for the site? And I said, of course, Jessica, you are a resident, I guess, becoming a resident hockey correspondent. So, of course. So she put up an article explaining the defamation tones, you know, and kind of the presumption of innocence and what can be done. So he, here's where both of them really laid in. And I'll, I'll just, you know, explain it from, I'm reading a little bit from Jessica's article, but here's where it gets a little messy, right? Kane signs a deal in 2017, a seven-year, $49 million contract. He's got a lot of money, right? Seven-year, $49 million. Earlier this year, though, Kane is involved in a bankruptcy proceeding. So all of that money went somewhere, right? And, you know, there's a lawsuit. He's sued by a professional bank for $15 million that he's alleged he defrauded a, the company. You know, he, he filed for bankruptcy before the 2020 season. And then a Las Vegas casino in 2019 sued Kane for $500,000 in gambling debt. So this story, you know, it, let's say John Doe athlete was accused of throwing games. People would kind of say, okay, well, let's wait to hear a little bit more. But the fact that there's so much gambling and, and, and financial issues surrounding Kane, the fact that he's filed for bankruptcy, you know, I, you'd hate to say it, but that it kind of factors in a little bit, right? And also the part that we need to kind of talk about, sadly, right? I didn't want to report on it, but the fact that these are messy family allegations, then, which we haven't spoke about, right? In, interwoven between 
hey, Gary Bettman, how can a player bend and throw games on his own team? Maybe this should be investigated, right? That was a post on Instagram. There are posts that he's, you know, that Vander Kane's involved in a marital affair and he's abandoned his one child and his wife is still pregnant. And he's leaving them alone. He's on some trip. So I don't really want to talk about that stuff. That has really nothing to do with sports law. But when you have to ask yourself, Dan, what will the NHL investigate? They'll investigate the veracity and the truthfulness of these claims. What is causing Anna Kane, you know, purportedly Anna, Anna Kane, to come out and make these allegations? If this is a situation where she's so upset at her, you know, I mean, Evander Kane's response called her his soon-to-be ex-wife, she's not going to be happy with that, right? And maybe she's inclined to kind of, as they say, spill the tea, right? And, and say things that she wouldn't normally, normally say. So the full scope of these comments on Instagram and these, these since-deleted Instagram posts are very relevant. I really do think that. So, you know, that's all the motivation in the world that someone needs to come clean about something. So again, innocent until proven guilty. But, you know, just like confidential informants, Dan, we got to look at every single aspect of, of how these, these information came to be. So I'm going to, you know, I guess we'll, we'll go here. Early this year, Vander Kane in a court filing in the bankruptcy court had to admit that he had $1.5 million in losses in gambling. Okay, so you have the, you know, I, we mentioned this post from Anna Kane that said, hey, and maybe the NHL should investigate that he's betting on his own games and throwing games. That's one, right? The second post that I thought was interesting, and it's still up there now as of 1124 on Sunday, right? It said, essentially, sports gambling for dummies. Hey, your teammates got you this, you know, so... There's, there, I think it's a gambling for dummies. Maybe not sports gambling. It was casino gambling for dummies. Casino gambling. In a court of law, if someone was alleging, hey, Evander Kane, a bet on his own games and through his own games, right? That's not, there's no cause of action for betting on your own games. It's never going to be like that. But it would require the plaintiff, the person bringing the claims, the accuser, to show some proof, right? They, it's their burden. It's always going to be the person bringing the claims, their burden. So I don't know, we're not in court, right? But just keep in mind, we are in a court of public opinion. So, how is Evander Kane, I don't know how he does it, established to, to the public, right, and instill confidence in the public, hey, I have these receipts, I didn't bet on my own games, that $1.5 million in gambling losses, none of it had to do with uh, sports betting on my own games. I don't think those receipts exist. So from a public persona, right, the NHL investigation's over here, but the public persona instilling confidence in the public that, hey, I did not bet on my own games, I don't think those type of receipts exist, right? I don't know how we would possibly show that, but Dan, I give it to you. I just, I think it's just so many elements to this. There's been more than enough time for a cooling off period on behalf of Anna Kane. And we're recording this podcast at least uh, Sunday morning, uh, East Coast time. As recently as an hour ago, Anna Kane continues to post some of this kind of incendiary material on Instagram, you know, spanning roughly a 24-hour period. Now, if she has a counsel on retainer, I don't know how he's advising her to continue to do this. This is, this is problematic for her own divorce proceeding, but it is problematic potentially on a greater magnitude to Evander Kane. But here's the issue. We need to draw a distinction between lawful casino gambling and illegal sports betting. Evander Kane's gambling debts, at least what appears on the record, seem to be casino losses. In fact, one of the Instagram posts lists correspondence and promotional materials from California tribal casinos. All of those, whether he goes to the Cosmopolitan and bets during the Stanley Cup playoffs, if he's playing roulette, dice games, or casino-style games, that's perfectly within the bounds of the law and does not violate, at least to my knowledge, any NHL gambling policy. So it's really important to separate the casino stuff 
which is legal from the illegal sports betting, which not only violates um, you know, state law and potentially federal law, but from a career uh, standpoint, this would be career banishment for Evander Holyfield. And the only evidence that we have, or the only evidence that would even appear to be present right now are the oral allegations, unverified allegations of a wife. And if he's gambling on sporting events and wagering on his own team, I, I can assure you, he's not doing it through a, a state licensed casino or a state licensed bookmaker in Nevada, because if you open up an account or, uh, you know, if you're betting large sums of money, you look like a professional athlete. I think there's a duty of inquiry. The overwhelming likelihood here is that if he is betting, it is with the bookie, it is with an illegal bookmaker. And the only two people that would be able to corroborate this story or provide evidence of this story is the wife. Right. And employees of the bookie and the bookie uh, is either operating in open defiance of the law or is located outside of the United States. So I was going to say, yeah, right, I, he's probably overseas. Right. That's, yeah. that's, that's so, you, you know, Pete Rose's, you know, was dealt a bad hand because he was working with domestic bookies in the United States that actually, you know, incriminated him. If Evander Kane is betting with an offshore website or through even with a bookie, it's highly unlikely that this person is going to give the NHL evidence on him, unless of course they're doing it to save their own skin or Evander has done this person wrong and has reneged. So only three people know the truth here, right? The wife, <laughs> Evander, and potentially a third party bookie. And in the absence of documentary evidence and in the likelihood, and I see this as a likelihood, I think at some point the wife's attorney will, will, will counsel her, you know, listen, you're hurting your own divorce recovery. If you uh, interfere or stop the gravy train and do anything to uh, disrupt Evander Kane's earning potential, well, guess what's going to happen to you? You're not going to receive as lucrative of a divorce settlement if he's underwater with these debts exceeding liabilities. And all he has is his $7 million a year NHL contract. That's a vital cash flow to support the family, to support Anna, to support his child. And I think at some point, she begins to not cooperate and just quiets down. And with her out of the picture as a potential cooperating witness, where else is the NHL going to be able? To, who, who else are they going to talk to to potentially gather evidence on Evander Kane's sports gambling habit? Because if the wife doesn't talk and Evander denies it, I don't know how far this investigation can actually go before it's shut down. Two things, and you you touched on this earlier, and I you you would know this better than I. So the NHL obviously do have these $1.5 million in casino gambling losses, right? I mean, we're on the same page. They knew about this for some period of time. Two years ago. Okay. Now, I don't think, and I, I spoke to someone who, who's in the know, I don't think the full creditors for this $1.5 million or for these bankruptcy uh, losses are available. Now, I mean, that, that would be a way to kind of for the NHL to interview all of these people and to basically get add, add your way up to 1.5, right? A little bit from Caesars, a little bit from the Hard Rock, a little bit from, you know, different casinos. They're not listed, They're not listed in the schedules, Dan. I that's reviewed not, that's what I'm saying. You know who's listed? Darren oh. Heitner. Our Believe it or not, Darren Heitner is listed as a creditor. I think Darren I knew that. Uh, yeah. may have represented Evander Kane in one of the Florida-related lawsuits. So I, that's I why think, he's a yeah. creditor. I was talking to Darren last night. I I, I do I didn't know he was on the, the creditor list, but it's interesting. So again, I but I pointed out like what could the NHL have done? And this is I don't know the answer to this. 
to basically itemize, to, to add their way up to 1.5. Maybe it wasn't, it's not the bankruptcy court's allegation to figure that out. I'm, you know, in my legal practice, I'm dealing with one of my clients that filed for bankruptcy. It's a little, little complicated, but could the NHL have basically dollarized and figure out how we got to 1.5 to figure out if there's any, any numbers in here that don't make sense? Yeah, well, they, they, they can do a lot of things. The point is that the NHL did nothing despite inquiry notice of, uh, of, of a $1.5 million lawsuit on a, on a reneged casino marker, notice of a bankruptcy in which a player who earned $7 million a year had debts exceeding liabilities by, you know, like 30, I, I don't know what the exact number was, but it was a, a shockingly high number. So you have the bankruptcy filing that lists $1.5 million or at least mentions one and a half million dollars of gambling losses, debts to a casino, 13 different lawsuits all filed within the last year and a half. If that's not enough to put the NHL on inquiry notice, I don't know what is. How could you wait an Instagram post? Are you, are you, are you telling me that the NHL can only wait for a video or an explicit accusation and they, they, they don't have enough where they can at least start to do their due diligence? It may not be enough to accuse Evander Kane of violating the NHL's collective bargaining agreement and subjecting him to potential discipline, but certainly in the post-PASPA era, all the professional sports leagues have these integrity divisions and hire, you know, all these personnel, legal and non-legal, to staff the gambling commercial component of the league's enterprise. And within that, within that staffing, there are lawyers, and you can engage outside counsel. You could interview, you can interview the player. You could talk to them. And to my knowledge at this point, the NHL and the San Jose Sharks did none of that and waited for a social media post in the midst of a divorce proceeding to look at these issues that I think have been bubbling to the surface for at least two years. You can certainly connect the dots here and say, well, maybe this is something we should make some inquiry about. You know, you, you mentioned something about Pete Rose, and I think this is this is kind of where our the investigation is going to go, where any type of court action is going to go, be it defamation. And we should we should talk about the defamation element as well. You know, back in the day with Pete Rose, right, Dan? I may, maybe you lived in this era. People used to actually write physical things down. They used to keep uh, keep little black books, and they would have receipts, right? They'd have the little notes of conversations. You know, I don't know what what would have more receipts, right? That era, right, where a lot of stuff was done in person, or Dan. You know, the social media era we live in, how many things that we write and say are not really recorded in some way, shape or form, be it, you know, even a even if it's a message between bookies like, you know, on, on Twitter or Instagram, like there's going to be a record of that. Right. Same thing with the text message or an email, you know, maybe not a phone call. But I think a lot of this is he said, she said, but I'll, I'll push back a little bit. I think it's probably easier to catch someone in dealing with a bookie in, in today's era than it was in the Pete Rose era, because we have so much of our modern communication that's that's recorded, right? Text messages that didn't. That's, right. that's a great point. That's so, a great point. I mean, no, the NHL, if it was an NHL. online website, if it was Bovada or one of those right. illegal offshore right. sites, they'll have, certainly, they'll have hey, a certainly look at his phone. Yeah, they'll have a record of it. So, you know, what, I, what I'm concerned about with Kane and what I just in the, and this is, I want to get to defamation stuff, right? We want to, we, as legal podcasts, right? We're going to tell you what's going on, right? In terms of Anna Kane's, you know, legal side, who she, the attorney she's talking to, Dan, as you're pointing out, there is no way that an attorney would advise her to keep throwing these haymakers left and right. You know, it is what it is. Yeah. So obviously innocent until proven guilty, right? It's not a criminal case, but we can't assume Kane is guilty, right? He's got a chance to defend himself. So what did Kane do? Kane, Kane came out with it with two statements today, not one, but two in the notepad app. And he essentially said that everything is false and that he's working through stuff with his soon to be ex-wife, but everything is false. 
He had an interesting line that I thought was funny. He goes like, against the advice of legal counsel, I wanted to speak directly to the fans and the team. I'm like, Vander, do you really want us to believe that your legal team was telling you don't say anything right now? There's no chance. Your legal team was on the phone with you probably at three o'clock in the morning last night. You've probably been up the whole night and they were trying trying to word these statements perfectly. And they came out at 8 a.m. Eastern time. So you wanted to make sure that enough people saw them. You couldn't release these at four in the morning. They'd get buried. So his legal team told him to say this exactly. I'm, I'm sure of it. Okay, so here's the conversation or the question that I, I'm getting, you're getting that, that is the real question, right? Evander, Evander Kane uses the term false. These are false accusations. Dan, you and I, we, we've seen it in our practice in law school, right? Defamation is the cause of action that you would bring if someone makes false accusations against you and they harm your reputation in some tangible, cognizable, economic way. Now, if you're an everyday Joe Schmo, right, that's all you need. You don't need anything else. They just harmed your reputation. They were published, you know, to, to, to some other person. Now, if you make accusations against someone like Evander Kane, a celebrity, professional hockey player, what we would say in, in the law is a public figure, not only do you need to show that they harmed your reputation, you need to also show this fancy thing called actual malice. You need to show, if you are Evander Kane, that, that Anna Kane, your wife, is making these statements, and she knows right now, at the time that she's making them, she knows they are false, but she's doing it anyway. So, Dan, I'm going to just we'll go in, in the mind of Evander Kane's legal team. This is why I kind of pointed out all of these other allegations, the cheating stuff, the abandoning kids, all of that's relevant because if I'm Evander Kane's legal team, what I would argue, this is the narrative that I would paint, she's just going scorched earth. She's angry about a lot of things and she's going scorched earth. You know, maybe she knows that these are false, right? It's not someone that's coming in calm, cool and collected. It's someone that's coming in and throwing haymakers at two in the morning on Instagram and going on kind of a tangent. That's the argument I'd be making on Evander Kane's legal team. But in his statement, there's no, there's no, um, you know, no signs, at least right now, that we have a defamation suit incoming. But it's a very, you know, how many times do you sue your wife for defamation, right? It's not really that normal of an allegation. In a marriage, I think the act in, in a divisive, explosive uh, divorce situation like this, I think the actual malice standard would probably be uh, a little bit easier to achieve than where the parties are, are basically unknown or, or not dealing with each other at arm's length and aren't in a relationship. Uh, so if these are unfounded allegations, I think it's not necessarily a huge leap to get to the actual malice standard. But again, uh, of defamation cause of action for Vander Holyfield is really not going to get him very far with respect to the division of assets, the child support allegations or the child support obligations, which are not going to be impacted or diminished at all by uh, you know, cl civil claims going back and forth between husband and wife. And I want to repeat something or at least point out something that one of my social media or Twitter followers pointed out. He's a divorce attorney who said that as a divorce lawyer, I have actually started writing into my retainer agreements that the client shall not either expressly or implicitly disparage the opposing party on social media mm. or we are through. And I should have done that years ago. That's what he's saying. He should have done that years ago. And let me give uh, a little shout out to the egg uh, known, formerly known as R.L. Holdings. Oh, uh, is that rela related to R.L. Stein? <laughs> well, he must be a big no. I don't know. He must be a big gambling fan because I'm his first retweet since Joe Asher. So Joe Asher, friend of the podcast. Joe Asher's a friend of Conduct Detrimental. That's good to know. Uh, Dan, everyone's a friend of Conduct Detrimental. Simone Biles is a friend of Conduct Detrimental, but we'll, we'll okay. talk about that later. So with all, with all this you know, out of the way, at least as a preliminary sort of setting the stage, well, what's going to come next? 
there's not going to be a criminal case. This is not going to be at issue in a bankruptcy court. Number one, the first point of entry in a legal proceeding will likely be an NHL-related investigation. And, and our own social media manager and contributor, Mike Lawson, wrote a piece this morning or last night on conduct detrimental, laying out the CBA provisions that apply. So kind of let's take us, let's take our audience through the next steps. I think what we know now is the NHL has at least formally opened up up an investigation into these allegations. I mean, what are the next steps, Dan? I mean, there's there's going to be a divorce case that occurs, I'd imagine. That's what Evander Kane's saying, soon to be ex-wife. I don't know what, what status it is. There's going to be an NHL investigation. There might be a defamation action. We talked about, you know, we, we won't get into the divorce component of it. I think that's, that's a little beyond us. But if I'm Anna Kane, I'd lawyer up right now, right? If she hasn't, because I'm I'm still fine. Dan, I'm getting notifications on every time Anna Anna came post Instagram. She's still going. She's still going. It's been almost almost 24 hours. She's still going. And I would lawyer up. You've already scorched the earth, right? You've already laid these bombs. Now lawyer up and protect yourself. Make sure you don't step out of line, right? Make sure you don't come off in the in public perception as someone that's a loose cannon. You've said something really loaded. Okay. If I'm Anna, Anna Kane's lawyer right here, I'd say, okay, you said it. Stick to your guns, right? You have a divorce case. You're going to be fighting for child custody at some point. Just stick to your guns, right? You don't need to keep fighting this narrative. You've already laid the bombs. Trust me, everyone is aware of what you're saying. And and maybe maybe you fade into the background a little bit. That would be my advice to her. But I think, Dan, you know, I mean, the NHL is going to reach out. That doesn't serve our interests at all. Our interests are in, you know, in, in arriving at the truth here. And, and if you're looking at it from the lens of the National Hockey League, you get her, you get her in right away. The NHL's investigators need to have an interview with Anna Kane as soon as possible, because the longer this uh, plays out without any formal investigation, uh, the likelihood that she'll uh, change her mind about cooperating increases. So I would look for the NHL to move in quickly here and, and, and interview both uh, you know, Anna as well as her husband, Evander. But in, you know, in, a, in a situation where there's only oral testimony, it becomes a very difficult case for the National Hockey League to be able to prosecute from a, you know, from a, from a disciplinary perspective. And I give, I give Donald Fair a lot of credit in reviewing the collective bargaining agreement of the National Hockey League. There are some real significant distinctions and differences between how the NHL handles its investigations versus how the National Football League handles its off the field disciplinary proceedings. In the, in the NFL, the commissioner can pretty much establish or impose discipline over anybody for conduct detrimental if there's any credible evidence, any credible evidence to support that. And by contrast, Donald Fear, you know, negotiated a pretty fair CBA for the players. There has to be substantial evidence to support the charge. And it has to not be unreasonable under the under the facts and circumstances of the case. And I would submit that the wife's unverified accusation without supporting documentary evidence, whether they be phone records or any computer, any any kind of paper trail, that her testimony contradicted by Evander Kane would not rise to the substantial evidence standard. So the NHL is going to have to go into a, a pretty lengthy investigation here and see what else may exist to corroborate those career-threatening allegations. Because if there is enough evidence, it is a career banishment for Evander Holyfield. There can be no precedent for allowing a player who has bet on his own team or bet against his own team to come back and play in the National Hockey League. So you put yourself over in the in the NHL's shoes for a second. 
what do you yeah. do to investigate this, right? You don't have subpoena power, right? That's not something that the NHL can really do. You try to speak to Anna Kane, who, right, mm -hmm. to your point, Dan, if you speak to her in the next 20, 24 hours, maybe you can get her, right? And maybe you can, because she's on this kind of, I'm going to say, she's on a tirade on Instagram. She's, she's just going full scorched earth. If you can grab her now, that's great. But let's say you wait a week, Dan, and the NHL is a little slow on this, which I hope they're not. I hope they're very quick to, to address this. But let's say if Anna, Anna Kane goes quiet. What do you do if you're the NHL? Who else is there to talk to? Evander Kane's own uh, personal banking and financial records. You're going to look at. But why, finally, why didn't you? But why didn't you do that already? Right? Like if you knew about you the family. You can do that now. You can but do why, that now. I I asked that question earlier. They why did they wait two and a half years? But they at least today have the ability to. They they can compel Evander Kane to cooperate and provide access to his bank records, phone records, tax returns, all of his personal financial information that could show, um, you know, uh, communications or outlays of money to third party, uh, you know, gambling operators, to offshore bookmakers. I don't know how they're documented, you know, on, on credit cards or in records, but at least they can have, they can go back as far as they would like, you know, five years, 10 years, and begin to get him under under oath and ask him questions about each of these expenses. Of course, he's going to invoke the Fifth Amendment, but the Fifth Amendment privilege against self-incrimination does not bar the National Hockey League from suspending Evander Kane pending the completion of any criminal proceeding or pending the completion of, of their own investigation. One of the powerful tools that Commissioner Bettman has at his disposal is the right to immediately suspend uh, Evander Kane pending the outcome of, of, of this a disciplinary proceeding if the allegations are of the character that would materially impair the reputation of the game. And I'm, I'm paraphrasing the language, but the standard for imposing an immediate interim suspension, I would submit is met by allegations that a player has gambled on his own team. First of all, it's summertime, it's early August, the NHL season doesn't begin for another eight weeks. So the prospect of an interim suspension is really not at issue just yet. But unless and until this gets resolved, uh, I think this is an investigation that takes months to complete. Unless she recants those accusations, I think there's a very good chance that Evander Kane will be suspended. It will face an interim, an immediate suspension by the National Hockey League until the investigation has concluded. That's really the only option in order to protect and preserve the integrity of the game from the NHL's perspective. This goes to the heart of what the league is all about, the spontaneity and the, the truth and the genuineness of the, of the games that are being played. So I, I think this might, uh, barring, barring some recantation or in the absence of any additional evidence, uh, he could be facing an interim suspension right off the bat before the proceeding has concluded. Dan, if you're looking at my face, I'm about to call you out on something. You ready for this, Dan? So in Major League Baseball, they're dealing with their own controversy with Trevor Bauer, a guy with some mess, very messy criminal, or not criminal, but sexual assault allegations. They want to take him off the field, right? You and I spent a lot of time on the last podcast. Roger Goodell is dealing with situation over with Deshaun Watson. It's not the same type of, but also sexual assault allegations. And I said, they got to take him off the field because I don't think they can you know, harm the shield like that. And you said, well, Dan, it would set a, you know, a really poor precedence if someone is just hit with pure civil allegations, you were allowed to basically take someone off the field because of this. Wait, hold on a second. Hold on, hold on. I think you're misquoting. Hold on, hold on. I well, you can you can explain. This is my allegation. You can you can say I, I misquoted. It's fine. 
Now, Dan, isn't that what we are essentially, and I'm agreeing with you, I think they have to take Evander Kane off the ice for a period of time, just like the NBA had to remove Tim Donaghy from all games when there was an allegation that he was fixing NBA games as a ref, right? But isn't that all we have here? We have one person saying Evander Kane bet and threw his own games, and we have Kane denying it. So can we now take him off the ice because of one person's unfounded and no concrete evidence and allegations? How, how do you kind of make yeah, sense we can. of Watson versus Kane? We can because the collective bargaining agreement provides for that, but it does put the NHL, it, put, it puts the onus on the NHL to expedite their investigation. This is not something that should take a year, year and a half. Uh, there's two months to go between now and the beginning of the NHL regular season. I think the NHL has already kicked off its investigation, and uh, I don't see I, I don't see any uh, untoward uh, harm to Evander to Evander Kane by immediately suspending and pending the outcome of the investigation with the expectation that this issue would be revisited periodically. I think there's a provision uh, in the CBA that allows for an interim suspension to be four days, but it could be continued at the discretion of the commissioner. And I think it really does turn on the facts and circumstances and what kind of evidence is uncovered by the National Hockey League. And, and let me correct the record here. I did not say let Trevor Bauer play. I just said Don't that we're now entering did I say that about Deshaun Watson? Yeah, I think I think a civil allegation of a crime of a nonviolent nature in which there was some consensual behavior presents closer questions okay. when we're looking at what we think has some of the hallmarks of a shakedown. This might be a shakedown as well, but when you're talking about betting on your own team, that's at a different level of seriousness sure. on the continuum of zero to 100. That's like 180, sure. right? I, the NHL has to look at this closely. And unless he, unless he's exonerated and cleared, I think they have to put him on a paid with leave you know, list because we're talking about betting on your own team. That crosses the line uh, by, by a significant margin. The league will have no choice here. So, okay, and, and I just, Dan, I just wanted to clear the record. I think you admirably explained those two positions, and I agree with you. Gambling allegations a, a, a civil allegation Wait. now on, becomes me, de facto me, discipline? That's a serious let me, let me give you issue, and it raises an important question. This I agree is, with you. But wait, but hear, hear me out for a second, right? I think the, the uneasiness in suspending Trevor Bauer or putting him on the admin leave list, which they have in baseball, or the commission exemplist in football, is because these are people right? That, and again, I'm just pointing out the, the legalese here. If mm -hmm. there is a civil suit between Trevor Bauer and his accuser, Deshaun Watson's accuser, they stand to gain money financially, right? From a civil lawsuit. And that's why maybe you don't want to take a guy off the field because the person on the other end has a lot to gain financially. Now, I don't know about all betting allegations, right? But this betting allegation, Anna Kane doesn't stand to gain I think, I think if anything, it hurts her financially from the allegations that she's making. She's about to go through divorce when Dan, you and I are not divorce attorneys, but we both know the value of the estate in its entirety is very relevant. And by going out here and these, these allegations, I, I, I wasn't joking when I said this, right? Pete Rose was erased from Major League Baseball. The Black Sox scandal, they were erased from baseball. Evander Kane is in the is in the prime of his career. He could be erased from the National Hockey League. He might not ever play again. These are how serious these allegations are. So I, I think, you know, just by the nature of who's bringing it, I don't mm -hmm. think we could say this is a money grab, a shakedown, like we were kind of talking about with Tony Busby that it's possibly occurring, right? This is someone who stands to lose financially by bringing these allegations. So that's why I, I think we have to treat this a little bit differently than what's going on in the sexual assault context in, in baseball and football right now.
Yeah, but I don't think at the same time, I don't think it's more deserving of being accorded credit and being presumed true because she may be testifying against interest and she may be nullifying his only asset, which is his earning power. But at this point, uh, this is sort of the, the first 24 hours following the, 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 the sending of an email, which just set her off. And if she had receipts, if she had evidence, believe me, they would be on Instagram, you know, you know, in, in, in a matter of seconds, she posted, she posted promotional correspondence from various California tribal casinos. Believe me, she got her hands on anything she, she did. could. She did. And the fact, the fact that she, that, that she included a, a photograph of letters sent by California tribal casinos that were, uh, at least the, the inference here is that he is a customer of these lawful tribal casinos. If she had any better evidence, such as phone records, which presumably she has access to, she's living at the marital estate, the mail comes to the address. Uh, I would imagine she has access to his computer files and can, with ease, with relative ease, can produce or at least show the kind of evidence that can connect the dots between Evander Kane and an illegal sports betting scandal. And the fact that she's used documentary materials for lawful gambling, but has zero for the illegal gambling, I think raises questions here about the veracity of her allegations, but we'll find out soon enough. Okay. I, I now have to correct myself. I know, who, I know who else they're going to be talking to. So the email that you referenced, we should mention, this is really what piqued my attention and what I think set her off into this, this Instagram uh, rant, tirade, whatever you want to call it, but spilling the tea. This is a, an email purportedly from Evander Kane sent to her at 11.23 a.m. The title is called Move Out and Kensington. You can do a quick Google. Kensington appears to be their child. This is from Evander Kane to her. Good morning. As we have discussed recently, I will be coming to see Kensington on August 8th and 9th as agreed. There will be no change in that plan. Also, I please ask that you leave a house key to the Richland property when you move out in the next day or two under the mat at the front door as the realtor who is selling the property needs access to show it. Also, please leave the keys to my green G-Wagon in the house and have the car parked in the garage when you leave. Thanks for your cooperation in advance, Evander Kane. Dan, I've wrote a lot of emails to my wife. I have never signed it off with thanks for your cooperation in advance, comma, Dan Lust. That's a very cold email. So Dan, now hold on. And now you're gonna, you're gonna like what I'm about to say here. You know what else was uh, was brought up in these Instagram posts by by Anna Kane? I didn't post it a girlfriend. I, I blacked out the name because I didn't, I didn't feel comfortable posting. Is it a girl? Is it a girlfriend? The the alleged person that he is in, involved in an affair with, she tagged this person. It's, a, it's an influencer who has got a blue check mark on Instagram with a bunch of followers. Anybody can look it up. I'm not going to say it on the podcast. That person is alleged to be the go, go away. And the allegation is that Evander Kane would go away on off days and, and get gamble and go to do something. I'm just saying that there is a circle of people, right? Not only Evander Kane's business and financial people, not only his wife, but anybody in these circles that would go on gambling trips with him. Maybe it's teammates there. Maybe teammates would go to casinos with him. And maybe they saw him sneak away to his sports book. Those are the conversations that have to occur. Everyone, even the, the marital affair person, right? everyone's got to be brought in at least potentially for investigation to the NHL. This is going to get really messy. And all of the tea that was spilled, all of the extramarital stuff, the allegation that the kids were abandoned, right? Maybe there's a nanny involved. I have no idea, but all of these people should be brought in by the NHL. No, yeah, no one should be un unturned here. By the way, the last time I looked, the National Hockey League was not a United States District Court. 
the National Hockey League is not a law enforcement agency, not a state or federal governmental agency. It is a private employer with zero subpoena power over any of these individuals. The only people that they can bring in for an interview are other NHL players, NHL staff. So unless you have sort of the golden ticket of teammates accompanying him on sports betting, gambling junkets in Nevada or that gamble or that are are privy to some of his sports gambling escapades, I would say the likelihood of getting the girlfriend, of getting the the circle of friends to come in and talk to the National Hockey League when they have zero subpoena power here, I think it's it's very unlikely. But I want to go back to that letter, that email that Evander wrote to her. It screams out, what an asshole. It shows zero it, it it imposes demands shows lack of respect it, you know tells her the way it's going to be Im- implies or infers and assumes that she's going to move out the next day when i don't know if she's even agreed to do that uh he has nobody but himself to blame you know because that email is one of the most toxic emails phrased so politely that that almost like pour salt on the wound so uh, I think he has himself to blame for the turn of events here in, in really setting off his wife. There's a way to engage in some kind of a marital diplomacy to speak nicely. There is absolutely no way that he should have ever sent an email like that. If he was being advised by counsel, that is just off the charts crazy to send a communication like that. We're going to hear, I'm sure, I'm sure more from Anna Kane, the, the Instagram account, but I don't think we're going to hear anything else from Evander Kane. Dan, anything else to add before we, we put this in the books? Yeah, there are a couple of broader questions here and unanswered questions that point to the future and speak more systemically about the relationship between sports and gambling. There there are going to be other Evander Canes. There have been other Evander Canes who've bet on sports and bet on their own teams. But this raises very interesting questions about the fact-gathering process, about how the leagues and gambling regulators can uncover information about who gambles on league games and how, uh, you know, how information gets reported because if Evander Kane is betting through a lawful bookmaker, um, it's just, it's astounding that this wouldn't have been uncovered. Of course, he probably bet with a bookie, but there are going to be more cases like this in the future. And it really does call, uh, or or, or I, I think it should raise issues or at least begin a conversation about how the leagues, casinos, law enforcement, regulators should be working together and cooperating to try to, uh, you know, uncover or at least uh, learn about this information at least as close as possible to real time. And it does also raise the issue of how are state legislatures going to deal with this issue going forward? Will this have a chilling effect on uh, certain states deciding whether and how to legalize sports gambling? So I think these kinds of conversations are going to be taking place in state houses across the country. And it does really, I, I, I think, call into, or at least in my mind, raise the specter of having that conversation about athletes gambling on sports and how to detect it. Yeah, um, so I guess, Dan, we're, we'll, we'll, stay, uh, we'll stay on top of it. Um, again, just two quick shout outs. Mike Lawson, uh, who, who has his article up on Conduct Detrimental uh, right now, um, basically, Evander Kane, right? Um, is there a Pete Rose, the, the Pete Rose punishment question mark? And Mike, obviously, the producer of the podcast, you know, a new lawyer, graduate from uh, Syracuse Law School, and Jessica Shaw, law student at New York Law School. 
her article is called Vander Kane's Legal Fight to Save His Career Gets Into More of the Defamation Tones, Mike Goes Into More of the CBA Tones, both up at ConnectDetrimental.com. Dan and I are probably going to take a couple of days off, but we're going to have, I'm sure, more Vander Kane coverage in addition to uh, some other stories on the website. Again, ConnectDetrimental.com. If you have any questions, uh, Dan is at Wallach Legal on social media. I am at Sports Law Lust. The podcast account is at Con Detrimental. Dan, a loaded emergency episode, our first in a while. But um, Dan, I think uh, we're ready to, to close the chapter in this. Final parting words before we close this. No, Dan, I'm just looking forward to more developments. This is a crazy story, and we'll, be, uh, con- we'll continue to remain on top of it, as are several of our contributors. So just, just you know, watch, conduct, watch the conduct detrimental space, and we're going to be all over the this issue from now until the end of the uh, end of the story if you enjoyed the podcast make sure you subscribe follow us on social rate reviews all that fun stuff and for dan and myself and the conduct detrimental team we will see you next week on another episode of conduct detrimental <laughs> <laughs>